1: Morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. As usual, it's James with another Arcade Attack podcast, and I am, of course, joined by the absolute creme de la creme of (laughs) retro gaming (laughs) podcast teams. (laughs) (laughs) If that creme had been left out for a few days and it started to turn a little bit (laughs) sour, I
2: I didn't say sour. You said that,
0: not me. I'd say harsh but fair, fair enough. (laughs) But fair but fair. We're playing playing by the
1: rules here. So, I have with me, of course, the Dillmeister, Dylan. Hello, mate. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. I've got (laughs) Keith (laughs) Meister, Keith. Hello. And I've got our resident podcast hijacker and part of the furniture, Adrian. Oh, yeah, I'm drinking at
3: the moment out of a brain teaser mug. What
1: have you got? What have you got? Brain teaser mug. Uh, <laughs> Dylan made me a very nice cup of coffee.
3: He did. And Is he's... it nice? Well, I think the mug makes it better. <laughs> <laughs> but what a mug. That's a posh
0: coffee bag. And
3: I'm what mug have you, you got, there? Adrian? It's brain teaser. One word brain teaser. Brain teaser. Um, it's a Channel 5 quiz show mug. Yep. And I believe one of the people on this table, um, two of our podcasting crew, has been on this said
0: show. And we've tried looking it up on YouTube, we can't find it. Yes, (laughs) I was on a a Channel 5 quiz show in 2003, we were all dying, it was like one of the hottest days of the year, we're all dying, they're putting on a fan in between takes, I'm sweating my arse off, it's brilliant.
2: On national television. On national television. Sorry about the detour.
0: We need to (laughs)
1: find, like I I said, Resident
0: (laughs) Buncher's hijacker. I got to the end and I couldn't get the word detour and I lost 500 quid. Is that what you wanted? Is that what you wanted from me? That's what I want, yeah.
1: (laughs) Great. Thanks. did you actually win anything at all i won that mug <laughs> oh okay so did you win anything
0: and i got no i won the mug. <laughs> I was very depressed i was very depressed afterwards wandered around oxford and spunk 10 10 quid on a orange rangers shirt interesting do you remember me wearing that that footy back in the
2: orange day? Rangers shirt.
0: I was really short on football. I don't even, I mean, I'll say this now. I have no preference, um, Rangers over no, old term Tick, preference. Uh no old term preferences, but it was ten pounds for a football shirt. I was like, Bargain. that is a ghastly, ghastly shirt. Rangers fans know that shirt, it's a bad shirt. I have it somewhere. Ten pounds.
1: <laughs> I, I literally can't tell you. If I if I'd briefed you beforehand and said, guys, can you start talking about something that has n- literally <laughs> nothing to do with the actual podcast? That would have been it. Yeah, 10 pound yeah. orange. Orange football shirts. Or we just like to elongate your podcast even yeah. more. Mate. Oh, you... Yeah, I don't think you need to do that. <laughs> yeah. But how are we all? Anything cool happening? Any news? Any ch- Any nuggets of wisdom? Anything? Or is it kind of just enjoying the coffee too much? Is that
2: coffee... Does tea? that coffee make up for last time when Dylan offered you some, like, World War Two coffee? <laughs> <laughs> and, <the> milk, <laughs> and milk that it coffee rations <laughs> this is so funny
0: I was so hung over that day and I like like, I, I was like no excuse I'm like trying to trying to put something together <laughs> trying to be a host and I've had like I thought this coffee will be fine I hadn't had a coffee for a while <laughs> got out my Nescafe Blend, and it had hair on it it had grown <laughs> hair it was so old and so decomposed and then you like,
2: <laughs> you know in the Simpsons where they opened the World War 2 beans <laughs> and all these souls of dead soldiers that's what this coffee yeah. is and then yeah. you like, the fridge and you said to Aiden would you <laughs> like well, a slice of well, milk well
0: wow well, i feel like slice of milk <laughs> I feel like- I thought I could. I thought I could resurrect the situation. So I found I because when I go to hotels, I teat all the all the free like coffee and tea yep. and stuff. So I had a, a a good sash, a two sash of um, of coffee because Adrian likes it strong. Uh, yeah. So I put that in there. That's looking pretty good, mm, smelling pretty great. And I was like, oh, this milk is probably Ted drank that yesterday. My my, my little boy drank that yesterday. I'm pretty sure it's fine. <laughs> Literally, we
1: got it the day after it turned. So when
0: <laughs> oh, it went flopping in there, I'm like, mate, I can't, <laughs>
1: do, you. I can't do your <laughs> coffee.
0: I can't do you a coffee.
1: So the the question that's all really burning away at us now is that coffee today that you've got actually is that any good made up or for is it? it? Here we go.
0: Taste test. Ah,
1: this is what this is what people. Oh, uh, good to coffee. Yeah, there you go.
0: That is a Taylor's. Coffee bag with fresh milk in it. Coffee bag, it. no less. With fresh milk. Fresh, no less.
1: No fresh ch- milk. No, chunks. <laughs> no slices needed.
0: <laughs> I don't drink coffee much, so I figured the coffee bag idea was quite a good one. In fact, it's actually quite a good
1: good Why idea. Why has nobody general. come up with that before? That's, because that's people what they say.
2: Uh, TV advert. That's what they say. It's it's is ad- ad- it really?
1: <laughs> it's a good advert, actually.
2: <laughs> Why has nobody before?
0: <laughs> <laughs> coffee bag, just a coffee bag. Tea bag. bag, a coffee bag with just the right amount of coffee in it. And you put it in the thing, put the boiling water, put some milk. It's delicious. There you go. Anyway, enjoy, mate.
1: I honestly haven't told any of them to, to do any of this. This is <laughs> just, you know, this is just. We like hijacking your pods, yeah? You? Don't you just? Yeah, spearheaded by you normally. <laughs> so yeah, this it,
2: is a podcast about coffee and. Coffee and obscure channel orange, quiz shows. orange
1: Ranger shirts. Yeah, um, <laughs> losing five hundred quid on quiz shows, yes. <laughs> mugs. Yeah. If anyone wants to buy the brain teaser, no, I'm sure they won't. Oh, if anyway. they want to give me five hundred quid for it, then yeah. <laughs> I'll make up please, for it, yeah. Please let me know. And an orange ranger shirt. Mm-hmm. Have you still got it? Mm. I'm pretty sure I've got it. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've got to move on, unfortunately. I know we've got to talk <laughs> about coffee all day. Sorry, yeah. mate. Um that's alright, that's okay, I'll allow it. Get it in the bin. Get you in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Today's pod. So I've got something. It's a, it's a little bit off the beaten rails for us.
3: Yeah. Oh, no. We like to stick to gaming. 100%. I know. I
1: know. Well, it is, but with a little bit of a twist. So it's well within retro gaming territory. Yeah. There's a lot of love for this out there because every time I post on the social something about what, what I'm sort of going to tell you in a minute, always a lot of love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's also something um, which I believe I think Dylan Keith not much knowledge on, which nope, is quite good nope. for me because I'm normally the one learning. Yep. So no, man, no, no, no knowledge. No experience. That's good. Well, barely a bit. So, so a smidgen. <laughs> a yeah. Which is good because I, I like that. I am kind of feel a bit more kind of on a level playing field. I'm not sure about age. I know there's a story of no doubt going to come out the woodwork <laughs> at some <laughs> point, yeah. yeah. Um, but I know you've got a little bit. I oh, know I've, know a I've bit.
3: played it We've and played I've got it. a story about it. Don't you, don't, you, don't you worry about that, my friend. So
1: I well, know. What, what is it? It, what is it? I'll tell you. I'll tell you in just a second. Because I was going to say, I know Adrian's itching to tell his story, but the subject today involves a certain outspoken mega tycoon, Lord Along sugar Yes, everyone knows. Alex yeah, we're Lord rolling our eyes from from where?
0: What a twat! I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan,
1: Dylan's not going to hold back on this one. No, I, no, he's a bit of an acquired taste. Let's I'm... be honest. <sighs> I actually thought the first
3: few series, especially the first series of The Apprentice, was actually really interesting. Good business documentary, a bit of a, you know, a little bit silly, but actually had a good sort of business heart to it. And it's uh-huh. quite entertaining, but it's just turned into something that isn't really what it's supposed to be. It's it's like another reality TV show where people go on there to become famous, mm-hmm. not to sort of pitch a good business. Heart. I'm sure there's a few exceptions. I'm You know, I'm happy to hear that, but it's really sort of morphed into a show it shouldn't be. It used to be relatively um, respected, I believe. I remember the first series mm. was very, very good. Well, I've got some
1: really good news for you. We're not going to be talking
3: about the Apprentice. Can I talk about the Apprentice for a minute? Though? <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Do you remember how at the start, yeah, I like said Adrian the support, was a resident podcast. I do you have a story yeah. though. Right, Forward, go, go on. on. Go, go on. Do you, go for it. do
3: you remember there was an apprentice called Philip Taylor? I think it was. He made pants, man. Do you ever see that episode? Uh, it's I don't remember that quite one. early on. Yeah, his name was Philip Taylor. And he didn't win The Apprentice, but he made this sort of serial mascot called Pants Man. And it, it was quite well-respected. Well, well it's quite funny. and like, okay. Everyone sort of took the mick out of him. But I've met the guy because in my old school, I'm not going to name my old school, we had like an Enterprise Day and students in Year 10 were off timetable and they would basically do like a Dragon's Den or like an apprentice task. They had to come up with a, a new product. Uh, a business plan, a marketing plan, sort of create a prototype out of it, you know, using paper and stuff like that. Sounds and, good. Yeah. And present it. Yeah, really yeah. good day. And it it finished with a guest, a guest presenter, a guest businessman or woman to come in and judge the best um sort of business ideas. And we managed; it cost us money, the school money, but we snagged Philip Taylor of apprenticeship uh, apprenticeship fame to come in, and he spoke as well. He also spoke about his life and what he's doing now. You know what? on the show he came across a bit of a, a bit of a bit of an arse sorry yeah uh, it offends didn't. Of he twat. doesn't like to have a people. <laughs> yeah. but actually i'll give him really? credit he was very well spoken he was he had a lot of time to talk to the kids and um and he and i think he and i can't remember what, what the idea he chose at the end. but he'd done a really good job of getting the kids engaged and he was a very good speaker actually so philip taylor thank you very much i thought he was a cool guy
0: and maybe what's the- he doing charging schools for though phil
3: come Seriously. on Phil do
0: you know if you're what? out there give I'm, I'm us a donate, shout donate it to charity please no, otherwise, but even, you, otherwise even, you can get in the beach. even <laughs> people like
3: Levi Roots who I really respect an entrepreneur charges schools to come in and talk I mean they shouldn't mm. personally I'm, I think that's a bit grotty mm-hmm. but here's yeah. yeah, another story then the following year we, we thought well we're not going to get Philip Taylor again he's a little bit you know it's been a few years since being on TV we'll get like a more recent apprentice star mm-hmm. she was about to come in not going to name the name I can't remember the name now to be fair and then on the day she rang in she had food poisoning.
0: Oh yeah, that chestnut so obviously
3: she <laughs> obviously reimbursed the money to the school mm. but come on man
0: oh chestnut Come on who was it
3: no i can't remember her name but it was yeah, an apprentice it, star you're but so they they
0: insignificant mate we, not, we don't even know yeah. that
3: is a true story so philip taylor yeah
1: phil
0: Pantsman himself phil, phil the power phil the pants taylor. man <laughs> phil, the phil the power Pantsman taylor, <laughs> phil the power pants man taylor.
1: <laughs> oh if he's listening give us a shout and tell adrian you know I'll go have a chat. With I actually ages, think he
3: started to sell underwear. I'm not even joking. He sold. He actually started to sell underwear made through organic ingredients.
1: I never would have guessed with a name like Pants Man. <laughs> yeah. never. Like, Stop charging schools, you swindlers! That was how long ago was that? <laughs> if,
2: you,
0: if you can give it, if you can give it your free time, give it your free <laughs> time. <I> mean, don't <laughs> go talk, go about,
1: talk about holding grudges, Jesus Christ! Don't <laughs> go right. charging. What, what was that? 30 years ago? No, nah, 20...
0: probably about 10 years ago.
3: Oh,
1: now. oh okay, fair enough. Kids, oh, what you mean when you were in school. Kids yeah. need no, our no, help, for heaven's teacher. sake.
0: Stop charging the school. <laughs>
1: Put him in the bin, though. Anyway, they've gone in the bin. He's in the bin. I'm, do you know what? I'm, I'm gonna be using the, the word bin. "anyway" quite a lot during this because <laughs> so. move you lot on. We're about ten yeah?
2: minutes in, and he still hasn't named the thing <laughs> that we're no, no, I haven't.
1: <laughs> and Keith, I could tell Keith's getting really itching to know what it is. What so is it's not it? the Apprentice. It's not Philip Taylor. It's not about charging schools <laughs> money to come and speak. It's not about getting in the bin. It is about a company, little company called Amstrad. They're yeah. nothing, mate. Just kidding. And yeah. more specifically, oh, they were something. I know, yeah, <laughs> I know. <yeah. laughs> More specifically, I'm going to talk about something quite niche, but it sort of opens up into something quite big. Um, one of its very, very successful home computers, the good old CPC 464. Yeah. Now I know there's going to be some people listening to this <coughs> who are going to want to hear about this, and they've got their own takes on it, and they've had one or they've bought one recently or whatever. But um, because it, it, it kind of when when you when you look into it, you think, oh, it's just like one of the many pieces home PCs that was available, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But it did something quite special at the time, yeah? And the timing was good, and there's loads of stories about it. So I'm I'm not going to go through everything, because we would be here forever. But I'm going to give you a bit of a background, and then we're going to talk about the games and kind of how it sort of cemented itself in in our kind of crucible, as it were, yeah? yes. Um, so you might think that it, it, it maybe is a bit niche, um, but there's a lot of love out there um for the Amstrad computers. Certainly is a gaming machine at the very least, yeah, if 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 not you know, necessarily for the, all the other stuff that it did, word processing and whatnot. So I've got stacks of great memories um with this one. I'll come on to a couple of those later. But every time I post something on the socials about Amstrad, um or you know a bit of hardware associated with it, always gets a bit of interest, you know, a bit of love, which is good. So I thought I'd pay homage. Bit of mm. homage. Mm. Yeah. Um and I'm gonna we're gonna have a little look at Amstrad um as a whole and give you guys a bit of context. Yeah, because I know obviously you know, just talking about the machine by itself probably doesn't make a lot of sense, mm. etcetera, etc. Cetera. So, chaps, any knowledge at all, Adrian? What's your What's your level? Kind of, if, if you if ten is like grandmaster and zero is never even heard of it, where do you sit on a kind five? Of, about a five, because okay. I have
3: I have played the machine. I have a story about playing the machine. Excellent. And I've played a few of the games, and I've got my uh, some vague and distant but opinions and memories about wicked.
1: It. So. I mean, I'm not going to say when to jump in because no doubt you'll ignore that and just do it anyway. So that's <laughs> absolutely fine. And and Dale Keith, where, what numbers do you put yourself at? I think I
0: spent about two hours on it in Mitcham and on, on on a rainy day in Mitcham. So in you're the, sort of a in late in the late eighties, three-ish. Oh, uh, well, nothing, mate. Oh, just nothing about it. But <laughs> well, low, low numbers. I low was numbers. just thinking that the, I was I think I was playing the green screen game. I think it was Batman or something. Know, On the green like, green monitor, yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, "This looks amazing." <laughs> On the and green like, monitor, I was like, "Yeah," I was like, "Oh," and then that was it. Never saw the machine again. And Keith, I don't think
2: I say like a one, a one, just because I've heard of it.
1: Okay, cool, oh, that's fair. And
2: right. I know what its main competitor was, and you know, I know when it was, but that's about it. But never that's played, good. never um, played one, never.
1: Never I like that them. eclectic mix, though. Yeah, because if we all knew everything about it, it'd be a bit pointless, really, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm. So as usual, we've got to fire up the old time machine. Yeah. yeah? I know I know we, we do that a few times. Ready? <laughs> hold, 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 hold on to your drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got to go back. So we've got to... Well, I was going to say we've got to set a date, but we've already gone. No, we are already gone. We're going to go back to the very beginning of... Amstrad. Okay. Um, what year... I'm going to test you now. What year what did a 21 year, year old Alan Sugar? Oh God, 1926. <laughs> no, not when he was born. When did he found? When did he? When did 21 he 21 years old. Alan I want say Stray? 83. Okay, so you think 83? Deal give us a year
0: during the war? <laughs> during, the war. <laughs> during the Great War. Before
2: the, <laughs> the, the Great War. The, the Boer War. The yeah. <laughs> <A hundred> of <laughs> Years <laughs>
1: War. Agincourt. Yeah. No. Go on. sank. Hey. 80 something. Give me a year. Just give me a year. Two. 82. Yeah. So Uh, when he was 21? He was 21.
2: 1972.
1: Okay. Keith's the closest. Oh. It's actually 1968. No. So what? Yeah, I know. And you're thinking, hang on a minute. Amstrad. What? (laughs) We're on the moon in 68. That's madness. (laughs) There you are. So it was, in fact, 1968. And the name, uh, creatively enough or not, um, was made up of parts of Alan Michael Sugar Trading. Oh, ah, yeah. yeah, I always wonder the thought is so clever. Oh, yeah, it really isn't, though. I always wondered where the trad came from, but that Trading. just makes perfect ah. sense. So. I mean, it's here that you could go into some crazy detail about his wheeling and dealing, Ugh. successes and failures, all that guff. But we'd be here till tomorrow afternoon. Mm. Genuinely, though. He's got enough
3: smoke up his like, Trump bill. No, no but love him, or though.
1: hate the guy, there are some mad stories. Yeah. Mm. There's like with, with some of the deals he did with business, how he managed to get mm. into catalogs. It, honestly, it is actually quite interesting, even mm. if you don't, you know, you're not a fan of the guy. It's, um, it's worth having a read on. But in short, so, but <laughs>
3: like, go on. one business thing he did. I remember when he was at Tottenham. he yeah. said, like, we've we so we signed enough foreign players. They haven't really worked out, and he had the chance to sign Dennis Bergkamp. So, but he said, no, uh, no, no, no. no. Right We're not getting is... Bergkamp. We're gonna we we'll get um. What was his name again? Uh, another striker. Uh, they had what, English. Yeah, he was English. Yeah, he was quite good, but he never hit the heights. What, in the mid nineties, yeah, they
0: did have Les. So Les, not Les Ferdinand. It was someone and else. Teddy. Is it? Teddy, no, it's just Jurgen. But, no, but what I'm
3: saying is they missed a they big missed, player. Uh, that's a, yeah,
0: <laughs> big I remember miss. him saying that he wouldn't even wash his shirt with Klinsmann's. No, wash his car with Klinsman's shirt or something. Yeah, the yeah, way yeah. the Klinsman <laughs> left or something. So yeah, but then I, you, I quite enjoyed how he almost destroyed Tottenham
1: <laughs> <laughs> But then, in, then you got Bergkamp though, didn't you? Exactly. So, there you go. That all worked out great. Their the non flying Dutchman. <laughs> The flying Dutchman, anyway. <laughs> so, it between founding the company and releasing the first home and computer, which actually was quite a gap, yeah. Mm. You're talking 16 years there, so what the hell did he do for 16 years, yeah? He actually sold hi fi parts, yeah. amplifiers, and stereos, believe it or not. Yeah, okay. yeah that's how he started out oh, um, to, to essentially whoever would buy them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, you can't really be picky when you're starting out, mm-hmm. money's money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the most kind of canny moment uh, after sort of selling out the vans and markets and all that jazz came when he actually managed to convince the owner of Dixon's, Stanley Carms, okay, mm. who, who ended up being a lord. I actually met Stanley Carms um, in my early retail days when no. I was at Dixon's. Mm. Um, this guy was hard as nails. Mm. Proper old school, called a spade a spade, didn't mind telling you to your face you're an idiot, mm-hmm. um, and pretty harsh, pretty harsh, but... To be fair, you kind of knew where you stood. Mm-hmm. There, there wasn't any kind of um, room for wondering what else there was. You know? Sounds
3: like the new Dylan on the podcast. Hey. Yeah, get <laughs> it in the bin.
0: <laughs> you guys are harsh, man.
1: Not you did minute. it to
0: yourself. No, I'm, uh, I'm a nice guy. I say nice things. So, so he
1: actually managed to get a meeting with uh, Stanley Combs, which in itself, if, mm. if anyone out there knows how tough the guy was, mm. that was bloody hard. Yeah. Mm. Um, and he managed to sit down with him, and he actually convinced him to stock one of his amplifiers, one of the Amstrad amplifiers. Mm. Um, it was, it was relatively cheap they both knew that it wasn't the best which was interesting um they didn't kind of let on though to each other but it sold well it Mm. actually sold pretty well um and it was actually um, well enough for them to do more business together including uh stock uh, stock stocking one of amstrad's hi-fis and this is an interesting thing they stocked a hi-fi and it had all sorts of you know different buttons and adjustments and all that jazz on it and it one of the earlier hi-fis actually had a button and it said sound quality improvement Ah. (laughs) yeah right okay fine Did, you know what does that do years later yeah this someone bought one and took it apart tell me it wasn't connected it to wasn't anything. connected to anything <laughs> <laughs> ah,
2: amazing <laughs> That's amazing. I just think that says it all, really, yeah. doesn't it? That says it all. Can you imagine? Oh, no, I I'm want to listen to the quality. difference.
3: <laughs> oh. but do you
1: know what? I bet people were going, yeah. listen to oh, that. Yeah, <laughs> Get your friends around. <laughs> yes.
3: Do you know what? I, I literally got Spotify Premium properly recently just because just I haven't had it ever before. And it apparently doubles the quality. And I'm like, I can't hear much difference.
1: No. That's rubbish. There's there's a there well, we're going off the track again slightly, but there is a there is a selector in the options menu where you can if you're running it over Wi Fi or, or phone signal, you can actually select the streaming quality. Yeah. True. True that.
3: I still think it. But you are only playing playing it sounds for your like f- an Amstrad trick to me. Yeah, but hold
1: on, hold on. You are probably playing it for your phone speaker, right? Or yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't gonna yeah.
1: do. That ain't gonna cut <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we're we're going to fast forward a bit because he's had years and years of, of, of making and selling these hi fi's, getting into all these funky positions. He's he's got um, he's got contacts over in the Far East that are making um, things for himself for Dixons, etc. And it's all going quite well. In nineteen eighty, Amstrad went public on the London Stock Exchange. Oh yeah. They yeah. doubled in size every year. From wow. now, yeah. doubled. So we're now into the early 80s. Yeah, it's getting a bit more familiar now. We kind of understand what's around, what's coming out. Um, and this is where we kind of really begin the journey. <clears throat> As, you know, when, when they began to make their own range of home computers, it was a bit of a change of direction from hi-fis i think you'll agree because computers are very different animals yeah you've got to satisfy an awful lot of tick boxes mm. um sound quality on a hi-fi a few buttons make it look pretty <laughs> happy days a few yeah? buttons that don't do anything who cares <laughs> a couple of buttons <laughs> that don't do anything yeah <laughs> so deciding to go into the home computer market was a bit of a gamble yeah at the time and there were mm. there were actually dozens and dozens of companies yeah. in the uk um they were all scrambling to release computers i didn't realize how many there were mm. but there's so many companies um uh, with new models being dropped pretty much every month, mm. so throughout those those years, there was just so many. Um, in hindsight, you'd be pretty hard pressed to actually remember any of the companies or models of those dozens, mm. um, as they pretty much they just disappeared into obscurity. I'll give you some names. I don't think anyone will know them, but I'm going to throw it out to uh-huh. the socials to see if anyone does. So there was <laughs> there was names such as the Flan Enterprise, the, the Flan, the Flan. <laughs> Flan. flan, 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 as flan. in like a G. soft sponge-based kind of cake. Flan, flan, um, flan. Uh, the Jupiter Ace. Uh, nope, nice. I want one. And Not the sure. Dragon Thirty Two. Oh yeah, Dragon oh, Thirty Two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we've only heard the Dragon Thirty Two. <laughs> yeah, there were so <laughs> many. There's literally a massive list, and you can go and look online. And there's there's a whole there's sites that have listed them all. So the, you pretty much don't know most of them. There might be the odd glimmer in there, but. Uh, If there's anybody out there who knows of them, might have one, might know someone who's got one or got a piece of it, let us know. We need to speak to the Oliver Twins. Because that's awesome. The Mm -hmm. Oliver
0: Twins who made Dizzy. Because I'm pretty sure, because I've got their book somewhere, uh, I'm pretty sure they started coding on the Dragon 32. (laughs) Awesome. And they were just like magazines back in the day where they just print. Dragon thirty two programs, and you'd like type it in <laughs> like, verbatim, obviously, into your Dragon thirty two, and like you'd have a game. That's pretty
1: sweet, isn't it? That's is pretty sweet. We need to hear from them. <laughs> but any, anyone else who's got anything to do with any of those, yeah, get get in touch because that'd be amazing. So if we kind of set the scene, we know what he used mm-hmm. to do. We know what he's going into. And yep. this is kind of the big, the, the big moment here. So there's a, I mean, there's a stack more to read on this um, about some of the crazy selling and takeovers and stuff like that. There's some really good stories in there, um, but I'll let everyone go away and have a, have a look at that if they, if they want to, but cause we, we'd be here forever and a day if we, um, if we talked about all that. So we now come to what was essentially Amstrad's greatest move. Yeah. And one which would kind of cement them into the, the growing competitive markets of the early 80s. Yeah, because mm. it really was moving stupidly fast in terms of Check technology, out. gaming. As we all know, how many times have we mentioned, you know, the, the late 70s, early 80s, mm. mid 80s, going into gaming? It was just growing and growing and growing. Yeah, it wasn't <coughs> stopping. And people had an appetite for it. Yeah, everyone did. So <clears throat> I'm I'm ta- I'm going to talk about the home computer market, as we've just said. 1984 hey. was... The release of Amstrad's first machine, and I've already told you what it is. You can remember the name? Adrian knows what it is.
3: CPC four six four.
1: It is the CPC four six four. Okay. Um this was a massive move. Um and again, previously selling amps, cassette decks, parts (laughs) to the masses, yeah. Was it any good? We wanna know. There is the question. You know know the four six four. It sounds like a Todd Bowley formation, doesn't it? <laughs> four, six,
0: four.
3: <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah, he don't know what he's doing because he he apparently sold. He don't know what he's doing. To, why don't you play a 4-4-3 four, four, formation? <laughs> Sorry,
1: <sighs> trust you to trust you to come back to sports again here yeah, seriously. Six, yeah. So, was it any good? Did it win over consumers? Would it have a decent game library, software library? That's what we really want to know. Yeah, yeah. we want to know what the games are like. So we're gonna have a we're gonna have a bit of a whistle stop look at this. Yeah. So twelfth of April, nineteen eighty four. Yeah. First, first in the series of Amstrad home computers hit the shelves, and let's be honest, Amstrad had the wind in their sails. You know, off the back of them selling all the the high fire. Hi Fire, Hi Fi and Amplifier um, you know, kits and mm. stuff. So they, they their name was out there already. There were actually two iterations of the PC uh, upon release. Um they were pretty good value for money. So one was one nine nine hundred ninety nine pounds. Mm. And that featured the all in one uh, very colourful keyboard yeah Yeah. i I remember the keyboard yeah which had do you want to tell us what the keyboard looked like for people people that don't know there's
3: lots of the green colors and blue colors and there's red keys it's quite funky looking -looking, it is so you've
1: got there's like a red escape key and then you had like a blue blue or green enter button and then you had green shift keys and then you had it was it, it was actually quite a simple but effective layout um, and yeah it had some like different coloured buttons on it which some was stripes kind of now,
3: I imagine. yeah yeah
1: and it had across the top CPC Forces 4 and it had like the red green and blue colour on that's it that's the one yeah it was, it was pretty funky actually to be fair for a, for a kind of a what you consider to be a, an early PC base unit yeah. um, but it had an all-in-one keyboard with a built-in cassette deck mm.
3: pretty long thing was not it
1: mm. it was quite oh it was chunky it was chunky um, be- and you could get it either with um, a green monitor okay but there was also a model at 299 which gave you uh, actually pretty much a luxury of a colour monitor. Amazing. Yeah, which, to be fair, at the time, mm. a colour monitor in the early 80s was like, yeah, that was yeah, luxury. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and now this was this was the kicker. The outfit also had an option to attach uh, a TV tuner deck, mm. um, which you could connect via RF or a DIN-6, you know, the little pins, mm. kind of a smiley face right. um, connector. That was a stroke of genius, because you could mm. actually tune Use the t- it. and watch TV. It could be used as a television yeah Mm. um so this was huge because obviously you could play games you could write letters do your word processing you could also watch tv after you finished Mm. um gaming i mean gotta get it i I mean like there's the kind of selling point right there yeah yeah? Mm. um the the tv tuner deck was actually made popular because it it sold massively in france it was really popular in france and i think slightly later on they decided to add it onto the uk one because i don't think they realized how popular it it was if someone out there knows a bit more about it than than me, then you feel free to correct me on that. But I think that's how it happened. So I mean, it, the funny thing is though, looking back now, if you look at the spec versus like today's machines, you you just like it seems completely laughable. Obviously, yeah. But at the time, it punched above its weight, yeah. So what do we think? What kind of spec do we think it came with? Do we know how much memory did it come with?
0: Oh, it's K's, isn't it?
3: Oh, it's yeah. K's. Is it eight bit or much?
1: It is yeah. It is eight bit. Eight bit. Yeah. It is eight bit. But what? What? Give me a give me a memory number. Have a stab in the dark. Oh
0: god.
3: I don't.
1: I, oh, do I do. do, 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 do. Fifty two. <laughs> You're not far off. Oh, really? Sixty four. Sixty four oh, right. k. Sixty <laughs> four k of memory. Um, oh, okay, oh, and yeah. it had a, it had a Zilog. Z80 4 megahertz processor. Yeah, I think the Master yes! System had a Zilog. I think it might I've have been, been that same that one. Before. Before. Z- I think it might have Z- been Z- that Z- like Z- the same Z- one. Zilog Z80 4 megahertz processor. Oh. And it had, and it had an operating system called AMS DOS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why not, man? I know. Why, why no. not? I mean, uh, you know, we laugh <laughs> at these numbers now. But again, at the time, yeah, this was a bit of a sleeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a bit of a sleeper. It came with something called loco software word processing. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who are were, who were really interested and fans of the, the actual unit itself, it could also run a CPM operating system, which was right. to do with running particular single programs efficiently. So if you want to know more about that, please feel free to go and have a read. Um, but this was the best part. For other software and consumable products, for the machine, what did Alan Sugar do to ensure a supply? of software made for the machine and support consumables etc exclusive contracts where maybe? did he source that from
3: his good mate at Dixon's
1: no actually he made his own company <laughs> <laughs> and it was called Amsoft, Amsoft funnily enough um, to provide everything. Okay, in.
0: now I'm getting tired of it. Now. Yeah, oh, I know, on. I know. And uh, that was a company that, that was the the short. Short.
3: that was his hardware company, Amhard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 but that's a whole different company. But I thought but, yeah.
0: Amsoft f- fared worse than
1: I Amhard. Know. Am <laughs> Semi. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> so um, there were right, this is the bit where I need you to jump because I know you're gonna know this bit. So when they released it which two other extremely popular and successful home PCs was it going up against? Ahem. Name... Okay, I'll let Adrian name one. I know
2: one.
0: And but I'll let Keith name one because
1: Dylan's looking a bit blank over there. <laughs> no, so.
0: I'm on the, tongue on the tip of my tongue, but you guys go.
1: Okay, go on, age. The ZX Spectrum. Yeah. ZX Spectrum. Ding! Yeah.
2: Commodore
3: 64.
1: Ding! Hey. You <laughs> ding, ding. Um. Obviously... Firmly seated in kind of gaming folklore. Um, and there's not, you know, there's always a post or a video or something doing the rounds yeah. that's about, you know, one of those two. Yeah. Um, well, the C64 is obviously the best one. So, is well, it? I don't know about is that. It? Uh, is it
0: though? Well, it's, time, big... it's time we all moved on and an argument. I'm going to debate that, that with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, a bit, bit of a spectrum, spectrum
3: fan
1: over here. So, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah so like it's an Spectrum C64. Rubber keyboard, get in the bin. <laughs> 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 rubber keyboard. <laughs> <clears throat> so many, many saw the 464 as an underdog yeah mm. fair enough rightly so yeah <laughs> trying to muscle their way into the market mm-hmm. but but Sugar was determined to showcase that in fact it was more um, more than kind of just the underdog and just a token gesture to the market but to be fair he was pretty happy to be underestimated yeah and rightly so mm. you know I mean who, who wouldn't if, you, if you're if you going to put something like that into the market that you know is decent So, he had a few clever additions on there, some software releases, and actually, decent sound and graphics for the time. You know, Color Monitor as well. There was a decent package there. So, it was ticking a lot of people's boxes, but they kind of still, at the time, didn't really know it. Because they were still, obviously, you know, being hammered by uh, adverts for, you know, the the, the ZX and the the, uh, C64. So... Now the re- the reason I kind of wanted to do this pod, I actually got one for my sixth birth- sixth birthday. Yeah, nice. I was I was pretty lucky, and I think my parents kind of decided that it, maybe it was time for a a computer, computer. and mm. doing some typing. James and can do his homework on here. Yes, <laughs> yes. This is Yay. Great. This is thanks great. for that. Homework machine. Thanks for that. I I didn't have a clue what it was. I was six. I didn't you know I hadn't played any consoles. Mm. This was literally my introduction to kind mm. of mm. everything computing and gaming. Yeah. nice. Um, so, the 464 was my sort of christening, as it, as it, as it were, yeah, into the worlds of, of both. I was actually really, really lucky because they managed to snag the TV tuner as well. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah? sweet. Um, and I, I mean, if I tell you that over the next, like, following 20 years for, from when I got it, <clears throat> that I ran that machine into the floor, <laughs> I wouldn't be lying. Yeah, I, I literally ran it. Um, if it was a car, it would have had, like, half a million miles on the clock <laughs> by the end of it, yeah. Uh, do you still own this machine? Sadly, I don't. Eesh. I I I think we. I think I sold it like Eesh. in sort of t- 06, yeah, 07. Just, well, yeah. It wasn't working properly. It was. I mean, I mean, you know, we, I I used. To, I mean, I used to hook it up to. Um, I used to hook it up to a VCR and a hi fi as well, which you could because it had a load of different connections on it. Mm. Um, and up until about two thousand and yeah, up until about two thousand and six we actually used to use the monitor and the TV tuner in my parents' dining room. Oh, right. And we used to sit there and have Sunday dinner every, every so often, and we used to tune it in and watch a bit of telly on it. Well, <laughs> I, I love mean, that. When, when analog channels were still around. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. like I mean, I'm using this thing, you know, 20 plus years later after mm. I've hammered it. And it's still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's ju- honestly, I mean, if that wasn't an advert for kind of, you know, how reliable it it'd was. It would be a I bit late it. for, obviously, when they wanted to sell <laughs> it. <me, but, laughs> yeah. You know, it would be a good advert. Yes, yeah, very much well. so. You can buy them now, and I'll come on to that. But there we go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I remember I remember being into, you know, like WWF. WWF yeah, WWF, yeah, yeah, watching, yeah. Watching all the pay-per-views on video, mm-hmm. VHS. Yeah, I thought you really liked the World Wide Fund for Nature. World Wide Fund for Nature. Saw point. (laughs) But but yeah, I I mean, I specifically remember watching those, and I used to run those tapes again and again and again. And, you know, that thing made it happen, you know, because and that was my TV, that was my PC, that was my game console. Um, So that's why I've got such such fond fond memories of it. Could you have done all that with a Speccy or a C64? No, no, you couldn't. Oh, we've got a new winner. Ah, (laughs) Sorry, Spectrum. (laughs) (laughs) So... But um, my, my favourite memory, though, of the 464, it was, was actually borrowing games from a, a guy across the road. It was a family that lived across the, the road, and he gave me a bit of like... Wait, what's weird... his name? Anthony, Oh, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> and he gave me a bit of weird advice on, on how I could get stuff to load. I'll come on to that in a minute. But um, it was well known, actually, that several tapes that had the games on for the 464, they sometimes had issues loading. Right, I don't know if you know age, you know how they loaded? How, they, how you loaded a game?
0: That's foggy memories. It was it? a chore. If it's like Is special. it the same as any other tape deck loader?
1: Yes, I think there were subtle differences, but generally speaking, mm. most tape decks yeah. were about the same. So you basically but, put it in, press play, and then cross your fingers. Yeah. Come and back would, in half an hour, you might have a game load. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that was it. It was a bit of a gamble, but okay. there, was, there were several tapes that actually um, had a bit of an issue. So they would go through all the screeching and whee- like this. You get the loading, the title screen would come up, mm-hmm. and you think, right, that's it. Job done, it's loaded. And it just would stop. Yeah, and mm. it would stop making noise and you'd think, oh for god, and after 20 minutes of loading, you, you just were like, I'm just gonna yeah. give up on this. Yeah. So there were there were several games that kind of had this 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 known this known issue. Um and, and as I say, you, you put the tape in, run the loading script, and you'd kind of just take your life in your hands, really, whether you'd get to play a game or not. Mm. So it made a hell of a lot of noise. It sounded like a 90s modem connecting to the internet. Mm, you remember, remember those yeah, ones, yes. yeah. Um, but it would take a lot longer. So throw up a title screen, um, and you were just kind of hoping for the best. I can I can only liken it really bringing it a bit more modern to sort of some of the younger listeners. Um, PS Two scratched or dodgy discs. Put the disc oh, in. Oh yeah. You get the red screen. You, the sit, red screen. There, you sit there sweating, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thinking, yeah. "Is it going to load? Yeah. Is it?" Gonna? And then it goes, no. and you go, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's kind of what you know. Except PS Two didn't take any near really so long None long, that's long that's to load. True. So several of the titles used to go through that and not load. I had a stack of tapes at home, and I really wanted to play them, couldn't play them because they wouldn't load. So that was that was basically – they basically just sat there, and it was a bit bit of a problem for me because I was an impatient young lad, Um, and I thought I'd kind of have to, like, perform sorcery to get them to work. But this Anthony fella <laughs> over the road who lent me a load of games – yeah, bless him – I actually mentioned it to him one day because I didn't think anyone could fix it, and I just said to him, look, I'm putting the tape in. I'm pressing play, I'm loading the thing, da da, da da I told him it and he went, okay, yeah. And I said, It's not loading. I said, title screen, but I can't play the game. Like, what's going on? I'm getting really frustrated. I didn't think he was gonna tell me anything. Mm. And um, you know, and he um he basically um I almost gave up on it and he gave me the simplest, most stupid bit of advice. For a computer, I can ever imagine in my lifetime. What do you have a stab in the dark? What do you What do you think? I, I he told me to do to make the game load. Maybe turn the cassette the other way. Maybe good. Good call. Turn it round. Yeah. Turn it off and on again. Turn it off and on again. <laughs> good shout. Blow the, yeah. the car. Blow the yeah. Blow the tape. tape. <laughs> Blow the thing. Get all <laughs> your get get on, get on the tape. Cleaner. That's gonna
0: work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> clean the heads on. Was the Was it thing? just some random key on the keyboard that ended? I wish it was that. You Complicated. know. Oh. Yeah, it
1: wasn't right. Cool. Change the volume. No word of Change a lie. Use the volume. On the side of the actual deck, right? On the side of the... the, the I've base never unit. that before. That's a
0: good one. <laughs> it is.
1: I know. I've thought I'd i get you. <laughs> in this Change one. The volume. I've got them, ladies and gentlemen. I've got them. Um, but on the side of the actual deck itself, hmm. right next to the tape deck, there was a couple of inserts, I think a headphone jack and a couple of other bits and pieces. Um, and there was like a mode uh, switch. And there was a volume control, okay, for the built-in speaker. You could use the speaker in the TV tuner, but there was a built-in speaker on the actual tape deck, which uh determine the volume of the screeching basically mm. yeah. wow now i i obviously i had the volume just left at whatever that's yeah? weird that it's geared up to go that way around isn't it how strange is that and, I, and, and the guy and, and he said to me this anthony he said to me he said when you put the the, the tape in he said um when you let start loading it up he said just just alter the volume so if you've got it on like high volume he said bring it down to like halfway mm-hmm. yeah? yeah i said okay fair enough so i brought it down to halfway guess what some of the yeah. tapes started working Right, so they've
0: all got like an optimal volume. Yeah, for
1: their oh my <laughs> god. And
0: I, and I, well, I say not all, not all. Mm, there was only, a, them, a, you yeah.
1: know, out of out of maybe thirty games I had, there was probably five, four or five that wouldn't wouldn't work. Mm. And obviously they were just sitting on my shelf, you know, gathering mm. dust. But yeah, and and there was a couple. I think there was one or two that were really difficult to load. You had to find exactly the right, you know, so you might have to load it a few times. Mm. But once you got, once you cracked it, Trust me I mean, how oh, wow. like. It, it almost so goes crazy. back to the, the button on the stereo that don't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I
0: mean? And I, it, it was for it's a volume button that does too much for some. Yeah, yeah
1: for some crazy reason, changing the volume while you were loading the cassette for the game Weird. actually made it load better. Bizarre. Um, so for those games that were sitting on my shelf, I actually managed to play them, which is nice. Mental, yeah, and I'll come on to a few. Uh, others, were were yeah.
3: these copied games? Were they actually real? Proper? No,
1: no, no, these were these were official titles. These were proper, you yeah. know, most probably from WH Smith. I would have thrown them back in
0: their face, WH Smith, give my money back. <coughs> they were, well, they were you quite might cheap, five five pounds, weren't
3: they? Probably. They were quite cheap, these games. They were on the yeah. Spectrum and the Amstrad. They're about, I, don't know, I think I want to say two, three, four pounds maybe, something, something like that. Yeah, they, like, they varied, I think, but yeah, yeah. they weren't
1: they weren't expensive um, because of the I format remember, they were on.
3: I remember WH Smith having all the Spectrum yeah. games up.
1: They look like a little carousel to turn the carousel sets on. Yeah. Yeah. But um have you ever heard anything so ridiculous? That's I mean honestly, nice. I know we've all got the quirks. You've got bizarre. the blowing the Nes cartridges, yeah. you've got the you know all that. Yeah. I mean turning the volume to load a bloody game. I mean <laughs> seriously. But um <clears throat> the um do you- what, what's your story there? You've got your in the, That's my memory. What's yours?
3: We had a spectrum at home, obviously. So that was really cool. We had lots of games and so forth. And one day, this is Edgar Road. Picture the scene, Edgar Road. Classic Edgar Road story. The house, the legend. Uh, I got a knock on the door. Guess who was there?
2: Alan Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> it
3: was my good friend, David Kumar.
2: Oh, David Good um, guy, nice yeah.
3: guy. Um, really cool guy, actually. Well, I think last time I mentioned him was uh, on the Golden iPod. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, big, big, big gamer as well. And he, he came around, he was like carrying this stuff. I was like, what is he carrying? And he said, so look what I got. And he bought his Amstel over. Nice. With, I think with a monster as well. And we put it into the. <laughs> wow. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He said, look, let's check this out. I've got a new console. And he, he connected it in the living room. And I think you're right. He had the this, this screen. I remember it now.
1: And it was like, whoa. Was it and the it, colour screen? Was it colour monitor? I think
3: it was colour. It was yes! definitely colour. And we loaded it up. And I was like, whoa. This was just before we got the Amiga. So we are kind of just burn out all the Spectrum games. need needed something new. And I, oh, man. I was quite impressed, you know. I, I'd never really heard of it before. And I was this like, is like this is in the 90s. No, this would be early eight, really? late, late 80s, oh, I'd okay. say. Late 80s, fair maybe play, 88, play, 89. I don't know. Just before we got the Amiga, I'd say. Um and there was two games playing on it. And actually, um, I mentioned one before a long time ago. Street Fighter. I played the first Street Fighter on, on the Amstrad. Amstrad. Wow. It's cool. Yeah. It's a yeah, good? that's right. It was, not it? And it was the first play, time I played a proper fighting game, like one-on-one. Mm. One. It was an absolutely incredible game. Terrible, but incredible, mm. if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And I still remember going, whoa. And who would know that was spawn into one of the biggest games of all time, Street <laughs> Fighter 2. And the other game I remember playing, and I thought, well, this is actually pretty better than Spectrum. I didn't want to say it. Turtles! they turtles. had turtles yeah yeah my friend dave had turtles and i remember going this game is awesome and we swapped we actually swapped not straight away maybe a few weeks later he borrowed the spectrum with loads of games and i borrowed his amstrad maybe for a weekend with these two or three games uh but i didn't mind because I, I played a lot of street fighter a lot of turtles uh, and at the time turtles was huge um i just it was an interesting thing wasn't it
1: it, it, yeah. I, think, I think it surprised a lot of people. I'll, I'll come on to a bit more detail on that, but I think it surprised a lot of people because I don't think oh, anybody what's... thought it was going to be worth anything. Like, yeah. what is this thing, you know, coming into the, the PC market from nowhere, total left field, and all of a sudden, like, there's loads of official games being released on it, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But... That's a nice little segue. Thank yeah. you very much.
3: And they're to your, story. I don't know where the, those games link, but they were very. I've had a lot of fun with those. Two
1: well, games. we're going to we're going to talk about games because we want to talk about games. Of course, we do. Yeah? Mm. yeah. That for me, that was the best part of owning it. Of course, it was. Yeah. Young lad, play games. Of course. Yeah. So what I want you to do, I want you to have a stab at a number, okay? Mm-hmm. And the number I want you Three. to have a go at, <laughs> no. All right. Got to times it by lots. Okay. What I want you to do is have a have a go at a number of titles, official titles. That were released on the 464 through its lifespan.
3: Not a lot, because it had a smaller lifespan than the Spectrum. C64 would have sold a lot more okay. as well. So it would. You say double three by a lot, but no, you'd have to double it by that much. Six.
2: Oh, well, maybe a little. Well, bit You either six. double three or you don't. I don't know, though. <laughs> Think about like we're going back into the era of like bedroom coding and stuff. And I people, they're, 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 they're official so titles. Up. Official
1: titles. Yeah, but still, go on. Give us a number. I'm going to say
2: go on, you go first.
3: 200 games were made for this particular machine.
1: 200 for the 464. Yeah. Any advance on 200? Less. 100. 100. Any, any up or down on 100? 350. 350. You, did you just Google it?
2: <laughs> no, I'm looking at the footage of the oh, turtles. Okay. It's, game. Good. it's oh. good. It's
1: good. You're actually <laughs> nowhere even close. Oh. Not even close. 1 million? <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> now you've just undermined the number yeah get out so I mean it good yeah it does, does. it's it a does. great yeah. it good.
3: Man. Yeah. and you could beat each of the turtles and I think there's that certain skills
1: what Keith that is doing now is know, what people do wow. at the time
3: and that actually I thought that's probably better than the Spectrum game I don't like saying that
2: but graphically like comparing yeah. that to some of the C64 games oh, and stuff, like, I, I love know. it I love his reaction wow. it's good isn't it
3: yeah
1: do Street Fighter do Street Fighter okay Keeps learning. I'm like this. <laughs> I'm teaching, keeps learning. Yes! But so I went around uh, oh, well, lots yeah, of many, different places. Many? I went around a, a lot of places here, sources, trying to find um, actual numbers for this. And as we know, mm. With things like releases or sales or whatever, uh, yeah, it can all be always, a yeah. bit of a minefield. So I did find a couple of forums that were, were that said the same thing, um, and they, they were pretty adamant that they'd got a, 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 a good number. So as far as officially released titles went, it actually boasted a library of 1,776 titles. No, no. That, that is staggering. I knew it would be a lot. It is. I yeah, it that would is. Be no. Annoying. That is. That's Look crazy, it up. Look but... it up. This doesn't actually <laughs> include any third party or independent titles, um, which drove the number a lot higher. But I can't give you this number because it just varies that's so bad. wildly. Yeah, um, between sources, the total games library for the Amstrad Home PC series, so that's the six one two eight and all the other you know iterations etc. of the Amstrad Home PC series, comes in an impressive three thousand eight hundred and five.
0: That is mag that's- that's
1: crazy, a lot crazy. of games, yeah. Now, although the Spectrum and the C sixty four, they shared a lot of the titles because obviously yeah, ports, yeah, ports,
3: yeah. yeah.
1: Um, you know, officially they're all cross platform, all right. So the four sixty four, it to be fair, it gave its users a, a pretty comprehensive library to kind of collect and play, yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, it had a lot of ti- you know, it did have some titles for itself as well, look, look. and it also had some specifically coded titles for the platform,
3: yeah. Look at that game, Street Fighter. Look at Ken let's see, yeah, let's see. Mate, we'll that, looks pretty, that looks it's pretty it's not bad. as
2: impressive as the Turtles no,
3: no. but no, still yeah. I actually yeah. agree Turtles blew my mind fire. a bit at the time
1: Tur- Turtles is well, pretty damn good. are colourful. you going to name some your favourite games of course I am okay. that's what I'm coming on to course now I look am. at Mr Segway over here <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm eager um so it's no secret, though, that, that, to be fair, the 464, it always kind of played the the wagon's third wheel, yeah, as, as we've already talked about, <laughs> and why not, yeah, when it came to arcade ports and kind of hand-me-downs, mm. yeah? Um, To be fair, the worst one, um, I think, by far, uh, that a lot of people name is Outrun. Um, oh, it gosh. was it was probably one of the worst ports you've ever seen in your life and I think yeah, to the point, <laughs> back someone to someone actually i think someone wrote that um it was so bad that when you went under like one of the bridges it looked like you were going backwards <laughs> it was it was that bad um and to be fair if you look it up it, it yeah. yeah there were some that were pretty car crash uh, mm. forgive the pun but um yeah but the, the PC, it, the, the 464, um, it had a good enough kind of setup, you know, good enough spec to go toe-to-toe um, with any other units at the time. So, you know, you sort of think to yourself, was that just lazy coding? Was it just, oh, it's just an outrun game so people will play it anyway, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So we'll talk about some really good 464 titles, yeah? Somebody Street Fighter and Turtles. <laughs> Street Fighter and Turtles, I would say, that Tur- I mean, Turtles, Keith's just done a, a quick, show round of the you uh, look really gameplay. impressive yeah and it's pretty impressive considering that people would assume that that pc wouldn't be mm. able to punch out that that kind of quality mm-hmm. yeah which is good underdog once again so i've hand-picked some classic titles okay you'll know some of them you might know you might not know some of the others um some people out there will, will love them um but i some of them i can't believe actually run on the machine what you got what's key, what you showing um, no, It's
2: like it's like two frames per second oh, it's it's horrendously bad yeah it's horrendously bad. It,
1: i mean it on the face of it the stills don't look bad oh no still it looks fine it was, but the frame yeah, like, uh, uh, it was horrible uh, almost i think some people say it's just almost unplayable it looks pretty so. awful anyway <laughs> um so adventure games we all love a good adventure game especially uh classic PCs. <coughs> and i think this is the highest selling 464 game of all time it's a game called the guild of thieves um and it's actually a bit later on it was 1987 um and it was it was a essentially a really detailed immersive kind of challenging story text-based so you had a you had a, a a still essentially a picture of like a room or a location or something and then you had the text underneath it okay. which told you what was in the room mm. you know where you could go da da, da, da and you had go to a door exactly. finally, and yeah, that's it <laughs> um, flip
0: bed i don't know yep
1: things like that yeah. but but you you uh, a lot of people that reviewed it have always said that it's the detail and the attention to the kind of shape of the story Mm. that nothing is kind of obscure. It all makes sense. Mm. It's, you know, very well laid out. There's a lot of thought. I like it when adventure games make sense
0: because you know I mean? there are
1: some that don't yeah there's plenty yeah. that
0: don't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah it had a, it was a
1: text-based game with the graphic stills of the of the, the situational location you're in and if you and if you type if you go on if you look at guild of thieves cpc 464 there's nothing but love for it on online as well um and i think retro gamer have done uh, quite an extensive review on it mm. um if i remember correctly and um yeah and that was the it- biggest selling I believe that was the biggest again, sources and what yeah, yeah. But I think the general opinion, I think that's the biggest wow. selling slash most popular game for the four six four. Wow. Um so yeah. It, it must have been good then if you think there was licenses
2: like the Turtles game and stuff. Yep. Yeah, out- sold them. True that. That's, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, it it it's absolutely so applaud it's applaud it's there. Side scrolling shooter. Have we heard of Gryzor? Oh, Oh it yeah. rings a bell. It does ring. That's a another bell. name for Sank, isn't it? Isn't it? Or yes. Is it, or- it, no, it is. It is, and it kind of isn't, and I'll explain. It? No, no. So, Grisel was from 1987, or Griser whatever you want to call mm, it. Yeah. It was actually a port of Konami's Contra da- 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 onto the 464, and That's it was coded big. specifically for the 464, so they did extra. Yeah. I I can't, and again, I'm sure someone will correct me on We've this on have interviewed
0: Someone who did that. We did Greizel. some gentleman named I can't remember. Gentleman named very esteemed guest of Arcade Attack. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a text interview, so sorry, text interview. <laughs> we forget individual. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about
1: that. We're um, we can't remember. Someone
0: mentioned Greysal, but we, I'm going to get. Did, I'm, I'm probably
1: going to get picked up on this, but I, I I believe from what I can find out that it was a port of Contra, but it was coded for the the four six four. So I, I think want to say they, it was Mark Jones. I, I think they had, had to call it something different. Okay, yeah. Um I believe so i don 't know if you want to correct me on that, feel free to do so yeah um now this is this is although it wasn 't the highest selling, this is one of the most like revered games for the four six four um because it was if you look it up, it looks amazing, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. the graphics are absolutely stunning for an eight bit yeah um it had an extremely responsive control system, really tight um very intuitive, and the essentially it was just it had the the right balance of kind of graphics sound and gameplay which we all know when you put that in the mixing bowl with mm-hmm. the right amounts you get a winner yeah you looking it up i'm waiting i'm waiting ready yes. to type it into google Go so um but yeah loads of depth as well loads of enemies locations lots of different weapon upgrades so that it had good depth Grizzog. of the game as well um and it really showcased what the 464 could achieve if it was pushed in the right direction because a lot of people had just kind of done you know uh, arcade port hand-me-downs mm. This was with a specific bit of coding for this game, and man, it shows. Yeah, absolutely. For an, 8-bit. it was
0: Mark Jones.
1: Well done, oh, well done <laughs>
0: deal. I just googled Grizzer Arcade Attack, and it was Mark Jones. Sorry, Mark, but I don't know it. Just rang a bell, but it was so long ago that we googled yourself.
2: You. you googled Arcade Attack. I googled Arcade
1: <laughs> Attack. That's a little. That's a
0: bit of a hit for us.
1: I believe. I believe it um, used the same graphics engine that it was used for Renegade. Looks nice. Looks mm. nice. Yeah, man.
2: California. yeah, ma'am. Aid. I approve. Nice. I nice. approve. Yes, Mine, Mine, one. Yeah. yeah,
1: and again, Very another nice. one of those titles that you think there's no way the Amstrad's yeah. going to be able to play that, and it just does. Um, so you know, and and what it could achieve, 8 bit home computer, and it was, and, wow. you know, that that sits top of the tree for kind of, or almost at the top of the tree for you know, love basically. So many people love it out there, yeah. Um, any platformers. You can think of any classic turtles. <laughs> <laughs> turtles, yes, yes. Um, Come on, there's a big franchise. Think about, think about something that was fun, sort of um, dizzy. Yes, Dizzy. Oh, well, yeah. He's
0: got it. There you go.
1: He's got it. Yeah. We
0: did mention the Oliver Twins earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah we can't it.
1: overlook a dizzy game. Yeah, um, I've checked my personal favourite, Fantasy World Dizzy. Oh, yeah, yeah. from 1984. Yeah. Um, and, um, I, I mean, I must've literally run that cassette until it's almost snapped. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I played that game. Until so it, much. It, was, it was, it, do you know what? What? And I still remember it now. Yeah. It, it wasn't, it was fun. It was colorful, but it was a bit kind of like, I don't know. It was a bit unnerving in places. Cause it was like a bit like, um, sinister, wasn't it? There were certain people or monsters and locations. It, it, and it's not just
3: of, a plat. It's got a bit of, um puzzly elements to it you've got to solve things and it's not it's not a walk in the park it's not A to B you have to go back yourself it's a clever the Disney games are very well constructed so fair play to the Oliver Twins it wasn't just Go right. You mm-hmm. have to go back and you forth have to and collect up things, it, things, don't you? Collect yeah. things and go yeah. back. And it, I I kind of agree with you are saying it's kind of dark in some areas. Absolutely. I mean, I mean,
1: like the first screen, for example, I'll give you an idea. You're, you're in like a little dungeon, and you've just got this platform you're standing on, and there's a rat, and he's in the way of you going up a ladder, mm. right? So you have to get the little hunk of bread that's on the side of you, put mm. the hunk of bread down, the rat comes along and eats it, and gets out the way, and you can jump him yeah, and then go up really the ladder. Nice. It's, and that's your first kind of you know um, introduction mm-hmm. into give the respect. game. I mean. It, Wacky, colorful, and hard, <laughs> very much so. Um, <clears throat> I'd also kind of ask around mates and stuff at the time, but I don't think anybody <laughs> had the platform, so um, I was a bit stuck. But yeah, I loved that game so much. Um, for a racer, any racers, any racing games? Not Outrun, no, having, not having outrun. seen it, not Outrun, which looked good in a still. <laughs> That's about it. Hmm. Any other any racing games? Any classic PC racing or any arcade racing games? I've gone for Chase HQ. Oh yeah, uh, from nineteen eighty nine. So a bit of a later towards mm-hmm. towards the 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 kind of curtain call for the four six four. Only purely because of its pace and the fact that it kind of made you sweat every time you got close to the, the bad guy. Mm. But the the four six four conversion um, is considered another real gem of the platform. There's so many platforms you can play it mm. on, but it's considered a Actually, really... I think, uh,
2: going back to you saying about that retro game, I, I remember reading a retro game article about Chase HQ and they covered all the ports. Yeah. And I think I remember that, then mentioning that it was one of the best, if yeah. not probably the best 8 bit nice. port of it at but the time. It, but, it,
1: but had you not been reading that, the thing is, you like, no, would you have I've known about it. No, I mean, of course not. Do you know no. what I mean? So it's one of those weird kind of nobody really knows about it mm. you know there were some great releases and some good ports but people only really remember that the 464 is kind of the third wheel on the wagon mm. like do you know what i mean as, as kind of the odd one out you know the third one at a kind of two-person dinner party but there you go um it it, it did a bit more than that so um finally i've gone for one of my all-time favorite 464 games um which is called barbarian Oh, hey yeah, yeah, barbarian yeah. <laughs> I posted this one on social a couple of times it always gets the love people yes. just go yes I remember this it was also known isn't this the one with are you going to say it yeah, I'm going to say it, it. I know what you're going to say go and I'll come to it I'll come to <laughs> it but it's also
2: it's also known as death
1: sword <laughs> okay I didn't know you want to say that but no. yeah um, it was a one on one fighting game pretty straightforward so in terms of the setup. yeah you had to beat your opponent by scoring hits on them with your sword mm-hmm. of course which did different levels of damage alright depending on the body part and so on and so forth so it did draw some criticism, yes. Though um, yeah.
3: you could do <laughs> to, a certain move on someone.
1: What? Tell us, Adrian. What move? Could, or Keith? Do you know what this is? I don't know. Maybe go let Adrian. Okay. Adrian Agent, obviously definitely. And then you me, can tell so. us with a, You can yeah.
3: slice off
1: someone's head. Y- you can. There's no easy way to say it. Was that what you would yeah. say? Yeah. So, and everyone remembers that move, don't they? <laughs> and the head worked. it Bubbles head along, along This is along. it. This yeah. is it. I've so, seen it did it. I've draw seen some it. criticism at the time. Um, and to be fair, rightly so, because nobody had, had seen that kind of thing before. It's called Barbarian Guys. It is, but uh, <laughs> kids playing the games, you know. Um, it had a special move, um, which um, some people saw as maybe a bit over the top. And either yourself or your computer controlled opponent, um, <coughs> excuse me, could. Perform a spinning chop with their sword, where they would literally jump, jump up, thrash the sword around, nice. and if you landed the hit, it would decapitate your foe with one hit. Yeah. Yeah, Sweet! Yeah? Um, and to add insult to injury, there was a little green goblin guy. Oh, yeah? Yes, of course. And he used to walk across the screen to this bit of music, and it would go like that. And he would walk across, and he'd boot the head <laughs> off the screen, That's right. <laughs> yeah. and he literally kicked this severed head off the screen. That's um, wicked, I'm glad they got the. Pretty brutal. Yeah,
3: I'm glad the guys at Golden Act's got a job. You know, little goblin guys. Still, oh yeah, the got... ones
1: that he stole the potions <laughs> yeah. from. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, like when I first saw that, I was like. Yeah. Cool, <laughs> no, right? Yeah, and I'm not being funny. Anyone that played it at the time probably just constantly went for that yeah. headshot move. No, I
3: played that a lot on the spectrum, but yeah. I, I appreciate it was on the CPC. Honestly, well.
1: I, I absolutely yeah. love that. Game. I'm just
2: googling it. The to other see thing about, about Barbarian, I don't know if it was the Amstrad version, but the cover wasn't um, Wolf from Gladiators on the cover, it's, yeah,
1: with a scanty, yes, yeah, lady. with the Page correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the cover's pretty easy to find, actually, yeah. if you type, type it in. On, on it's Google. on Dylan's bedroom, wall. <laughs> <laughs> he's
2: <laughs> a big fan
1: of Wolf. It, oh I love Wolf.
2: <laughs> <laughs> People should have seen that coming, because the, not page three. In, uh-huh. the, in the first Conan the Barbarian, I'm sure he decapitates Tulsa Doom at the end, and that's how, he, how Conan deserved. saves the day. Deserved it is death. deserved. Yeah. I'm sure that's how he saves the day. So they should have seen that decapitation coming well, in a game called Barbarian.
0: I mean, we can't yeah. not mention Barbarian and not and not mention Roger Dean, legendary retro gaming legend. Um, he did that cover illustration. He oh, did that. okay, he did that. But he's recently passed away. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, rest in peace, Roger. But yeah, absolute legend. Yeah, he was involved in that. Uh, I don't. It's, recognize, it's a great bit of cover art. It's fantastic. So. I don't recognize the name David Lawson. Programmed it? Mm. No, I've not come across him in our circles. Garvin Corbett did the did the graphics. Um, Ian Hetherington sounds that's ringing a bell somewhere. Mm. So he did the coding of the the end
1: sequence, but that's it. Cool. Yeah. So I mean, it's another one of those games though that it, the first couple of like I think it's eight opponents in, uh, and then you you fight like the boss guy, who's the main kind of you know owner of the temple, mm. whatever it is you're in. Mm. But it gets really really difficult, and you, and it kind of you have to yeah. time your moves, block properly, and all that sort of thing. So it's not just a hack and slash type yeah. thing. Yeah, Yeah. Um, you actually have to kind of have a bit of savvy about this. I've got some other honourable mentions, and guys, you know, if you want to throw anything in that, that rings a bell, please feel free to do so. But I've got um, one of my other favourites, Yaya Kung Fu. Remember that one? Nobody remembers Yaya Kung Fu! I have played If you've of... seen it, you'll probably know it. Karate game, you could choose from all sorts of different characters, great big sort of tubby no, guy. There was, a, there was I a, think... a Bruce Lee type guy. There was a guy with nunchucks. I
3: think I've played Sounds school. There was have a have guy a with a, um,
1: like a Donatello type...
3: Like oh, Governing stuff I have, yeah. I have played it. I know, yeah, I played that as well. Yeah,
1: that was on a number of uh, uh, platforms as well. That. Renegade. We all know what Renegade mm-hmm. is. Dan Dare. So Dan Dare I remember, was oh, uh, Dan Dare was, a, it was an old yeah, comic old comic yeah. I yeah, uh, managed to get that running. That was really cool, like a space adventure type thing. There nice. was a game called Chronos, which was like an early R type. So it was it was very gold, and you had like what looked like a Millennium Falcon ship, nice. and it was a shooter. Nice. Um, it was okay. a, it was a good little game, really good looking as well. Uh, there was a game called Rescue on Fractalus. Again, I'm coming out with things that you probably don't have no right. clue on. It was a – you piloted a ship and you had to save fellow pilots who had crashed within mountains and hills cool. without them getting attacked by aliens and oh, things. Oh,
2: like a spacey version of Toplifter.
1: Yeah. But it was – it was you were in the cockpit. So okay. It, yeah, yeah. But it was um, – that, that was great. There was a game mm. called Night Law, which was um, uh, a sort of a platformer puzzle game um, where you had the screen was one room and you had to kind of push mm. blocks and that sort of mm. thing. Ghostbusters we, we know about that and there was a game called Rick Dangerous oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. excuse me and um, I, you know I could go on for ages about it but there was what games what ones did you borrow again was it you said Turtles yeah I just remember really Street Turtles Fighter and Street Fighter and, yeah
3: but there were some others I can't remember, remember them very well because it kind of blurs them Spectrum games I was playing at the time but they're the two that jumped out at me.
1: They're probably crossover, loads of crossovers. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, there was there were some really good sports games. There were some um, like boat racing games, stuff like that. But I mean, you know, I could go on for ages. Mm. But correction, Roger Dean hasn't died. I was thinking of someone else. Oh,
2: so sorry, Roger. I
1: killed I <laughs> you earlier.
2: Who was it? No, someone it did. It was recent. someone. I know Ollie Frey died a few months yeah. ago, but I'm pretty I don't sure know who someone did say recently. that he died. But apparently, he hasn't died oh is that hearsay Has he come out someone please, of, tell <laughs> oh, <this> <laughs> please tell us if yeah. he's alive not this trend again
0: please tell us if he's alive
1: oh anyway make Carry yourself on. known um so I mean we've covered the release of the 464 4, some of the stacks of games I mean the, the, we could just go on forever there yeah mm. but we'd be kind of like retreading old ports that we've talked about yeah. et cetera et cetera so I thought with those ones that I mentioned that Maybe catch you out a little bit of mention ones you've not heard of. Take a look at them, though, because they are, they are quite impressive. Um, so it's worth taking a look at how, how did it go sales-wise, yeah, and what kind of came next. So get your hats on, yeah, plug yourselves in. Does anyone want to hazard a guess at total, I mean, don't go, you know, crazy, but total sales numbers uh, for the 464, not for the, the Amstrad series, just for the 464. In the UK. No, in, oh, in the UK.
3: Okay. <sighs> I want to say half a million. Okay,
1: 500,000. 500,000, mm-hmm. has gone for? 400,000. 600. 000. Dylan's gone for six hundred thou. Keith's gone for 600,000. Again, you, you're not close. 2 million. Wow. The CBC 464 managed to shift 2 million units in the UK, um, with the number being reported as high as 3 million across Europe, if you include the European sales as well. Wow. Um, it was particularly popular in France and Spain, as we said about the TV tune, mm. etc., and the expansion and whatnot. Um, there was also a three-inch uh, floppy disk drive you could add as well after the cassette one, So, you, and that became quite a good standard. That floppy disk drive actually was used on a lot of different PCs then as well. Um,
2: do you know but, how that compares not to put you on the spot uh, to how that compares to like the C64 in sales I knew like.
1: you could ask me that and I didn't actually <laughs> you get it I'm just interested to know how googly. it compares um, <clears throat> but I mean I'm not being funny for any for a company who previous to that model weren't in the PC market not a bad debut no. yeah. mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean there's a lot to be you know yes they had the wind in their sales from the audio equipment yes they were they were They're were a house, sort of a household name up and coming at the time but you know, I think there was a lot to be said for the first people that bought the PC. Then said to other people, "Do you know what? This is actually pretty good. Pretty good. Um, you know, it's not just a load of rubbish, um, and it can play some decent games. It can do word processing. La 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 la." Um, so the, the the jockeying for position, as it were, between Amstrad, Sinclair, and Commodore, they, it took a very interesting turn um, in April of '86 because Amstrad just decided old Shuggy decided that he was going to buy the worldwide rights um, to sell and manufacture any current and future Sinclair computers and products, um, including the brand name and all, all right? Now, that included, of course, the ZX Spectrum, Mm -hmm. all right? Now, for that whole kind of package, they paid five mil, five mil for that whole package. Now, this was the the canniest move of all, all right? Because the best part for Amstrad – Uh, was that Sinclair still housed quite a large stock of the ZX Spectrums and Sinclair QLs, all right? Amstrad sold, promptly sold, all of those units and actually managed to, on those units alone, without producing anything further, made their 5 million back. (laughs) Wow. So they sold the stock that was already sitting in the warehouse, cleared it out, made the 5 mil, and therefore anything after that that was to be made, which they did make, Um, Further, they made further Sinclair products and 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 Um, and and they then you know so essentially they got it for nothing, you know they bought the stock they bought the whole company in the stock sold Mm. the stock made the money.
3: I mean, yeah, but just to sort of burst the bubble a little bit, Sinclair wasn't really a big brand soon after this. So it couldn't no, have gone that
1: well. No, but they did make further machines, which I'll we'll come on to in a minute, which again sold. So, regard, you know, even if you make a penny profit, you're, you, you've still made a profit. Yeah, yeah you've, there's enough. no loss there at Fair all.
3: Fair enough. But okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Roger um, Keene. Ah. Keen. Is that with the eyebrow movement? Sorry,
0: the Keane family and Roger Keane. Sorry, sir. Rest in peace, sir.
1: Crash, zap. Thank you. Thanks for that. Thank you. Um, Where were we? <coughs> um, blah, 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 blah. Things got kind of bigger and bigger for Amstrad. After that, they went on to make other things. I'll quickly touch on that, because obviously we were only talking about the 464, but they made another variant called the 6128. There's actually a really funny um TV ad for that, where there's a guy playing a like a Formula One game or a, um, a racing game or something at work, and his boss comes in, and he's like like he thinks he's gonna have a go at him and then he doesn't he's like oh I love that game <laughs> yeah it's really weird <laughs> your boss would kind of kill you if you were playing <laughs> Formula 1 at work um, yeah. they went on to create other versions of the Sinclair as well they went on also to create portable PCs and they even created a games console did you know that? oh the Amstrad mm. yeah the G I was go, on, really go fancied on getting one
2: G- on. GS not yes 400 4,000 yes the GX4000. I had a friend who had this <laughs> years and years ago. Someone who lived on the estate I grew up didn't on. Didn't have himself. like Afterburner and stuff. It like had. That. It had a. I'm sure, it, it had a Terminator game on it. Nice. And there was a racing game on it. It was quite good. And Switchblade. Ooh, you heard of Switchblade? I've heard of Switchblade. Switchblade was on it. It was like it's a platform oh, game. Right. No. Um, but now, like the games are because re- it didn't sell many. I don't know if if you're going to say much about it. It cool. didn't sell many at the time. They're really quite sought after, and there's only a small library, but the games are really expensive. Yeah. I yeah. did look yeah. at it at one point, and I was like, mm, that'd, that'd be no, pretty no, no. cool. No. Too, way too expensive. Do what you, does the
3: console look like? How would you... Oh, it's
2: like... It's, it's like it's, a white kind of... It's a white, thing. beigey thing, but it's kind of curved. It kind of looks like a little spaceship. Mm. Oh, right, yeah. It's... They were no, really good. Kind of. I'll find a picture of it They eight, did but, look good in catalog. Yeah, so like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but no one but else I has one. So. It, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. the I
3: idea of it was really good. What was, bit was it? 16 bit. There was 8-bit? a bit of
1: a problem. It was four bit. No, was <laughs> <laughs> that was I the problem. It was three, was three and a half bit. <laughs> what? Seven point six five bit. Yeah. the biggest kind of issue with it was that the games library was essentially just ripping off games that had already been released for the 464 mm. ah. there wasn't really ah. as far as i'm was aware quite cool again yeah. i quite liked it yeah no it's, it's yeah. It looks it looks quite clean time. doesn't yeah. it yeah i like it no, I so if one. you're listening look up gx 4000 <laughs> amstrad and you can have a look um it looks quite kind of 2001 space odyssey doesn't it yeah like that kind of Kind of thing, yeah, like, um, like it. Buck Rogers kind of console. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, have, have a look at it. But the the yeah the biggest kind of issue was that they 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 used games that were kind of already out. Um, I don't think there was any new injection of, of life into the games library. So there might have been a couple. If anybody mm. knows of any standalone games, let me know. Let us know. Yeah, but um, yeah, so you can pick up the consoles <gasps>
2: quite reasonably, but then the game. So if you want a copy of Amstrad GX Four Thousand World of Sport. £50. Pounds. Oh. Um, Batman for the Amstrad GX 4000, yeah. £100. Pounds. Ah. Switchblade, Amstrad GX 4000, yeah. £200. Pounds. What a Your It's now a millionaire. Panzer Kickboxing, GX 4000, £500. <laughs> <pounds>. <laughs> wow. So if anyone did buy one back then and had bought a few games and they've got it in the loft.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Mate, Time to dig dust it, it off and take, take some yeah! pictures. Time to go on holiday. Yeah, man. Well, that's only going to go up, really. Yeah. I mean, you, you're not going to get anything. You're not going to get your hands on any mm. of that, are you? Um, no way. So there we go. GX four thousand console that they they made, but slipped up on the library. Mm. Slipped Up on the library, mm-hmm. so they 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 kind of you know sealed its own own fate, really. But it's at this point, I kind of wanted to point out something that I don't think we've really seen or heard of with any other computer or games console, and it's a bit weird. Um uh, is the amount of different nicknames the 464 actually received uh from various people publications etc etc okay. I don't I don't I mean I know there's the odd kind of name here and there for other consoles. Yeah
2: also you had the specy.
1: Yeah exactly it yeah, was the like a, but I mean the Jagsy the, <laughs> the C6 the Commodore
2: 64 was just C64 wasn't it, it was C-64, just they're all but kind it of shortening n- yeah not yeah. nicknames.
1: So, so mm. old Sugar himself decide to, decided to call the 464 Arnold during creation. <laughs> Arnie. I can't find out why. Yeah, so he called it Arnold. Bless him. Um, upon release, the Guardian called it Amstradivarius. Amstradivarius. <laughs> Stradivarius. <laughs> Stradivarius. Nice. Obviously, the Guardian, you yeah, know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Personal Computer World magazine called it the Sinclair Beta. <laughs> Peace be <laughs> uh, Yeah. Uh, and the Computer News called it Arthur. Again... <laughs> We don't know well, why. Yeah. Um, just check, call it Amstey. Or Amstey. <laughs> check this one out. The Grimsby Evening Telegraph. Yes. La- <laughs> labelled it as the Mean Machine. <laughs> or <Yeah>.
3: Simon Amstrell.
1: <laughs> Simon Amstrel.
3: <laughs> <It's Simon laughs> Amstrel. Dear <laughs> God. <laughs> I've met oh, Simon no. Amstrel actually. Yeah. I know. Yeah, he knows <laughs> <Amstel>. <laughs> He's like, no, <laughs> no, no. We've don't.
1: been there. You embarrassed yourself
3: enough on that day. We don't want to hear it again. <laughs>
1: Oh no! <laughs> um, and and uh, the the London Evening Standard loved it so much. Um, it went as far as naming it after the VWB or calling it the People's Computer, Ugh. which I oh, think, wow. mm, yeah, I'm gonna quickly let it the People's Computer now. Oh, yeah, there we of, go. You know. So take a breath and soak that lot up. Um, but I mean, if, is there any other weird pet names for PCs or consoles? I mean, as we've said, there's shortenings, but. As, I don't think anything's uh, had quite that <laughs> many names, is
3: it? Every every mum in the nineties called a console a Nintendo. A
2: Nintendo,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm playing yes. PlayStation
1: Five, Play Nintendo. <laughs> get off that Nintendo. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna confiscate <laughs> your Nintendo. <laughs> you're, you're right, actually. You're yeah. right. Ah, but we all know. We know now. The saying goes: all good things must come to an end. Some people will say it's not good. I'm gonna get bashed. Yeah. I know for saying that the four six four was good, but I loved it. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be so many people out there that are going to be like showcasing the specy and the se- all that sort of stuff. And I know, I know that argument's incoming, but yeah. you know, I I absolutely loved it. Um, but 1990 was like the curtain call, pretty much, and they stopped making the CPC CPC 464 uh, to make way actually for new 464 models, the 464 Plus. They did a uh, they did a, a Spectrum, I think, plus two. Uh, which was increased functionality, different attachments, you know, processor, la la la, la all the usual stuff you'd expect with PC upgrades. Mm. Um, but the multi-million-selling debut unit from Amstrad that gave you know other PC companies a, a, a bit of a headache, to be fair, had kind of come to an end. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the end of the end of the roads. But it had a it had a what a six-year window, mm. six years, which is not bad. You know, that's better than you, the Jag. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Six months, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> better than, than Dreamcast. Better than some Sega consoles, here, so. yeah. I mean six years ain't bad. I mean, even yeah. even for a, even for kind of the decent PC slash consoles. Mm. Certainly for P- I mean PCs wise, they were PC companies. You know, certainly in the nineties, were churning stuff out every few months. They were, they? yeah, they were. Um, I mean, it was, I think it was the same back in the eighties, but I don't think as much stuck because in the nineties, mm. you had a ridiculous amount of choice, mm. didn't you, of, of PC brands? Mm. So. Um, it kind of always played, you know, third fiddle in the arcade port stakes, and um, we've talked about some good games that came out on it. I love the fact that Keith's amazed at Turtles and, and Grisso. Yeah, it's like great. I'm, I'm, I love that. They look that. great. Well, yeah, you look they do. At Grisel, the colours—it's
2: more colourful than the NES. Yeah, Contra. I have a question for you, James. Go for it. Question:
1: I may
0: or may not be able to answer it. Do I have your permission to call this episode better than the Specky and the C sixty four?
1: Yeah, because I <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it's my episode.
3: Yeah, but people are going to get angry at that. Do yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. and they'll blame you not doing yeah, Listen, I'm not being funny. The you know only last... those
1: people can go, don't you?
3: <laughs> get in the bin.
1: Listen, over the last few weeks we've had a fair bit of controversy. Let's just add to it. Uh, we're, yeah.
3: going, we're going to a place of glory, aren't we? <laughs> yes.
1: I'm, I'm <laughs> walking in the room with a tin of Petra and some matches, <laughs> and I'm going for it. But torch
3: yeah, it. it all, I'll burn it all down. <laughs> it's like that quote is it some people just like to watch the world yeah. burn yeah. some men
1: just want
2: to watch the world burn we want to watch yeah.
1: Spectrums and C64s burn well do you know what I've heard about it mentioned or those two those two mentioned so many times and yeah. I was like listen I need something to kind of like stick it to them and it yeah. did it did stick it to it really them. did I think
0: it's way better than both of them <laughs>
2: It's <laughs> I
3: mean, <laughs> so at this point we don't know if he's joking or not. At the start of the episode, he said he had one or two out of ten known about his concert. Now he says it's the best thing ever. It's the best,
0: literally the best. But it's the best
3: thing. within that one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <So not laughs> that oh, dinner, yeah. Oh my god. So <clears throat> where are we there? So as we as we said, but it, it always played back in the day. It always played the, the, the third mm. fiddle, not even the second fiddle. Mm. Yeah. Um, there was, there's still a lot of love around for the four six four, and it was decent enough to sell two million units in the UK. Yeah, so impressive. Impressive. you know the numbers speak for itself. Mm. And as I say, the, you know, go and have a look if you want to go away and have a quick, quick Google search on some of the graphics, of the games, or whatever. There's loads of stuff out there. Like mm. I mentioned Metro Gamer again purely because they've done a, a, a few pieces on this and actually done a, a full review and a thing of the four six four. Go and check that out because that's really good, and they've done some really good screen grabs and stuff.
2: There's some, there's, um, lo- I mean, it was easy for me. There's loads of long plays on YouTube. Yeah. And for anyone anyone like me who's never really seen games running on it, I think they'd be
1: there, there's impressed. quite a lot, actually. I think they'd be impressed. Yeah. Um, Just
3: remember the volume controls. That's the important thing. <laughs> get
1: that game loaded with the volume mm. control. <laughs> yeah. Um so what can you get one for today? Well we know the GX. pounds <laughs> <laughs> the, How the, about that? the the G X four thousand the GX four thousand mm. is, is excluded from this because I'm only talking yeah, about yeah. the four six four. Yeah, yeah? we 'cause we've talked about that, which is yep. kind of you know, a bit outside of most people's uh purchasing power. Mm. You can actually get uh, I've had a look around and there's some average prices here. You can bag yourself the base unit with cassette deck and the green monitor for about 120 to 150. Mm. Decent. Yeah. Not bad. And there's some there's a lot of them that look in decent nick as well. Mm. Yeah. I assume because people used them for a bit of word processing and whatever, then stored them, you know. Um about £200 will bag you one with the colour monitor, yeah. mm-hmm. okay? And there's around about 200 220 ish if you want the, the TV tuner and stuff like that. I think people just like throwing it in maybe because without the monitor and the deck, it's useless. Mm-hmm. So people aren't selling them separately. Mm. Um I mean, there might be some people selling them for parts, but whatever. But it's not a bad little investment if you want one of those classic PCs and you mm-hmm. can't kind of get your hands on maybe a Speccy or, or a C64. But I know the C64 had the, you know, the like for like, you know, relaunch, didn't they? The, mm. the model there with some bits and pieces on it. Meh. And they had the operating system and all that jazz. What Meh. do you mean? I got one of them. Meh. It's all right. I like it. No, but, but I don't like it as much as Amstrad <laughs> um, but there's I did see there was a a bit of talk online about a, a min, an Amstrad Mini do it so someone just do it hey just do it you know I mean I'm not being funny if you stuck some of those games on we talked about your at your Guild of Thieves and all that jazz mm. you, hey you know there's people mm-hmm. out there that played them originally yeah. like, mm-hmm. you'd have some buyers yeah I mean I love mine because you know you could do so much on it and the fact that it had loads of little quirks like the volume control that sort of thing and it had a bit of personality. Yeah, it you know? did. Yeah. It, it really it did. did. And because it was my my very first kind of introduction to kind of any kind of entertainment, yeah. computing game system, that's why I got so much love for it. So, you know, sure, there's there's loads of people out there that kind of turn their nose up at it. And I've seen some awful reviews. That Our, people, um, I'll, I'll tag
3: Dave Kumar. Yeah. Into this episode. Say, so, hey, Dave, what are your. And then we can, maybe I'll come back in a yeah, future episode. Yeah, definitely. See what Dave thinks yeah. about it all.
1: Get him to, like, yeah, do a record a little soundbite or something about your batting, you lending were, you yeah. the
3: machine. He, he really enjoyed the Golden Knight episode, so we'll see. Sweet. Well, well he might be he able to tell us
1: what the third game was that he lent
3: you. Well, yeah. I, yeah. you will probably be saying, yeah he's saying it wasn't a 464 you idiot outrun (laughs) it was a a C64 you fool god damn it
2: make
1: us all look like mugs
2: never contact me again
1: (laughs) how dare you suggest I own one of those things yeah but, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it had some really crappy ports, it, you know, but it had some really good ones, and, you know, I think it's a mixed bag of, of reviews out there, but, you know, the numbers speak for themselves, and I loved it. But And I know there's a lot of fans out there. So, I mean, I have I do know for a fact as well, there's a, actually a few Instagram accounts dedicated to the 464. <laughs> Why um, not? And to be there's a couple of really good ones, and they do some, you know, they show some of the, the games, and they have, like, little playthroughs mm. and snippets and stuff like that. It's really good. You know, it's really good because it kind of shows – Shows what could be done on it. So, I guess I'm. Um, what I'm really saying is I don't care what the haters think. You know haters are <laughs> hate going it. in the bin. Yeah. Haters <laughs> are going in the bin. I loved it. Mm. So, is there anything you guys love that people love to hate? I mean, is there anything along those lines that you, you know, those things there, as far as consoles, PCs, <laughs> as a closing Adrian, The Jag. The Jag's <laughs> an interest. Of course, the, like Jag the Jag will right, always yeah. be a... It's a bit uh, of a love. Uh, I've got a
3: love relationship with <laughs> it. No hate for it. Yeah. Um, you love
1: it. A lot of people don't. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. So uh,
3: today I've also you know that's probably the most controversial thing I, I love actually. Yeah, the we Jaguar. know about
1: we know about Adrian's jag double dragon three. That's not mm. a
3: console. Can you imagine? No,
1: du- he had to say it, the didn't double he? The <laughs> double dragon thirty two.
3: Oh,
1: no. <laughs> oh God. But there look. we go. I mean, we've all got things. I've no doubt that we we like yeah. that you know in terms of consoles and games that other people don't. But look, that's what makes it so beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's So many out there, and we can all enjoy what we like, and that's yeah. that's one of the things I like. Yeah. So, if you want to have a go at me, get me on the socials and tell me what an idiot I am for loving the horse <laughs> and and I don't care. At
0: least you didn't accidentally kill off Roger Dean, let's be
1: honest. No, you know, well, you
0: did. I did. It. I've yeah. done it. I've done him and disrespected Roger Keane in the same episode. There you I think, are, good job. Job. I think we are. We are, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> are <laughs> definitely going our blaze of glory. We're yeah. just, just going to kind of approach <laughs> <for> everybody, everybody. <laughs> everyone's getting some.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whether you're dead or alive. You almost turned into like John Fashanu from Gladiators. Like, ooga, ooga!
3: <laughs> hey, that's full circle with the wolf now, to be fair. Yeah. There. Yeah. So there oh, go. I so don't even realize enjoy. I did that. There you
1: go. So that's it. That's a wrap from me. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the little jog through uh, the CPC 464 days. And uh, until next time, ladies and gents, adios.
2: Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. You can tweet us at ArcadusHackUK. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash arcadeattackuk Check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots more retro gaming goodness and to delve into our archives. Our podcasts are also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review and a rating, we'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to support Arcade Attack, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash arcadeattack, which will give you access to exclusive podcasts, interviews, and other bonus content. So, until next time, take care, and we'll speak to you soon.